welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. All right, so this episode is going to feel really weird because Jared has done 95% of the prep for this episode, which is... Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, I'm just saying, um, I've, I feel weird. I feel like there's stuff to do. And all I've got is six lines of notes. Um, so if anything goes wrong, we actually put it all on me for letting Jared go ahead and do this. No, no. He's, yeah, I blame um, you. You're like, I've been doing uh, other stuff. I was back at work yesterday. First, first Yeah, it's about time it's, everyone's tax dollars when you teach is actually doing something. You know what? A lot of people say, oh, man, teacher, that's a great holidays. Oh, that'd be no, so good. It's not. And, then, and then you go back to them. Oh, yeah, man, we've got positions available if you want to come and teach. Oh, no, nah, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Nah. <laughs> uh, and plus, they get paid for, what, eight hours a day? Five. Now, it's times Adam's told me I've got to stay up and mark stuff and Five this, hours, that, and the other you. and re- lesson plans and shit like that. It, it's literally a seven-day-a-week job. It's fucked. Yeah, look at the, the bloodshotness. He's only been there two days and he's already already thinking about leaving. Never. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? Yeah. Not tired yet, but getting there. My name's Adam. Yeah, I'm Jared. Um, What beer you got this week, Adam? I have got uh, one of my favorite beers of, I'm going to say last year, or it might have been the start of this year. I can't quite remember when it came out, but it's a collab a collaboration between Bolter Brewing out of the Gold Coast and Garage Project out of New Zealand. And it's called Dry Haze. Really cool looking can. I'm going to hold mm. up to the camera there for those on YouTube. Um, good luck still trying to find one because they were a limited release, but they are amazing. I managed to find the last one in my local bottle. Yeah. And I'm going to really enjoy this one. So it's it's really oh, cool. Um, with, with, with the whole craft beer industry, my partner, she can't stand beer. But her favourite thing about bringing me, oh. me bringing home stuff is that she loves the, the, the designs on cans and stuff like that. Mm. They really go out of their way to make different ones. So she's actually at a point where she will be going into the um, bottle with me and picking out one she likes to design on for me to try. Oh, so it's the closest cool. I'm ever going. Yeah, the only it's the closest I'm ever going to get to drinking beer, but I'll take it because she, yeah, she just goes in a bottle. Oh, that one looks cool, and she's really artsy as well, so she loves it. So yeah, she's um, finding the key yeah. to getting in there. Yeah, just an interest. But yeah, so this has actually been quite a big week in footy. Um, we're actually a day late due due to some last minute issues last night on my half, anyway. So. Yeah, so what's happened in the last week has been actually pretty big as far as um, the players go. It's been really big. We'll get to that a bit later, though. The biggest... Uh, sorry, next thing we'll do is go through injuries. So Ben, ben yes. Murdoch and Silla came out on... It came out on Sunday that he's... He came out on Sunday. Came out on Sunday that he tore his pet. Um, it's come out today that it was only a strain. They're still expecting him to be round one. Um, anyone doesn't know Ben Murdoch and Silla... He was a Tigers junior, went over to England, played for a few years. Now he's come back as a star recruit alongside Adam Phillip Blake at the Warriors. So everyone's actually really looking forward to him playing, um, seeing him play, sorry. 
Adam actually came up with a thing just before the podcast saying that even though he's a front rower, middle play, he's actually been training exclusively, what did you say, on the left edge for uh, the Warriors? All Nathan Brown said is he's been training exclusively on the edge, which is yep. where he's played for the last five years over in Salford and Warrington. But before leaving over there, he, he shifted between prop and back row yeah. over here. But he looks fit. Um, yeah. And Brown said it's just all part of the process of trying to get his forward pack together because one, two, three, there's, a, there's four newcomers to the Warriors. Um, plus... Um, Isaiah Papalihi, Lachlan Berg, Ignatius Parsing, Adam Blair all leaving. So, yeah. Yeah, lots for him to work they've out. They've got a pretty, they're going to have a very strong four pack. You know, they've got young Elise Katoa, they've got Adam Fanilla Blake, Bunty of Forward, Jazz to Vega, Tohu Harris. So, he's going to have plenty to pick from, but Nathan Brown's just got to put the right people in the right position. That's it. Um, I think everyone expected Ben Murdoch Masilla to actually play up front with Adam Fanilla Blake, but. We'll see what happens with the Warriors bring out, especially since he's got Katoa, who's probably their breakout star last year, and Tohu Harris, who's obviously a workhorse and could walk into any other team competition. All right, um, next next bit of news is really unfortunate. So Jira Mimosia and Brock Gardner, two young second rowers um, from Newcastle and South Sydney, respectively, have both ruptured their Achilles tendon, so that's at least a six-month layoff. Um, both of them were expected to get debuts this year, so it was very sad for them. But I'm sure Newcastle and South Sydney will look after them because they touted them as very high prospects and juniors coming through. Okay, so just just on that, um, there's a Twitter account called NRL Physio, and he did a tweet after these saying there were very few Achilles injuries in the years 2015 to 2019. Yet in the past 12 months, there's been six uh, Achilles ruptures. So I wouldn't be surprised if we probably won't hear about it on the, the mainstream sort of sides, but whether trainers, uh, physios at each club, et cetera, are going to start looking into this. Because that's a, it's usually a pretty rare injury to occur yeah. in, in this sort of abundance. You expect one every well, couple of years. I remember four, five, maybe six, seven years ago. I can't remember what it there was. A, Every second week in the NRL, someone tore their ACL. Mm. It happened so often, not long ago. I can't remember exact times or people or anything like that. And then it turned into um, that became a crackdown. And now you rarely see, it, except if you if you're a Newcastle hooker. So um, maybe, as Adam said, the physios and stuff will be focusing on strengthening the Achilles tendon because there has been a lot in the last what did you say two years? Year last years? year, there's been six. Which yeah, is, that's a big Massive. number. Yeah. But they're okay. the main injuries, because yeah, we yeah. covered all the rest last week. Um, okay, so Canberra Raiders hooker Tom Starling has six or seven dra- charges dropped following December incident. Um, he was charged with uh, hindering a pre- police affray, and he was involved in an altercation with police and security in Kincumber during off-season. There's a million little rumours going on about what he was doing and stuff like that. We're not overly going to get into it because... Um, we're rather complete stories before we talk about court cases in the NRL, especially because there's yeah. so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But that'll be interesting to follow because it was only six out of the seven charges. So there's still one charge pending with Tom Starling. Um, okay, so talking about people being charged and arrested, Payne Haas over the weekend got 
um, arrested for, let me see, offensive language and intimidating the police. He would be very intimidating if he got... Yeah, has it come out that... Has it come out yet that he was literally just walking past them? And that was intimidation? No, I have no idea. I'm just saying he's huge. Like, that's... Yeah. I thought you were were accusing the cops there or something, man. (laughs) Considering that rant I just went on. Um, So, he's... Uh, got charges at I think it's next week at Tweedheads Court, and that'll be interesting to follow. Um, Alex Glenn has come out. His captain said that he's tipping him to bounce back. Um, if this was the only case of this kind of stuff, you kind of sleep and go, okay, idiot, pull your head in, keep going. But there's a second of three years because if everyone remembers, he got done for punching someone. I think it was over at the, where was it? Uh, some Bali or something like that. I can't remember a couple of years ago. Wasn't that Dave Fafita? Um, I know Payne got in trouble a few... Yeah, it might have been Fafita, but I know yeah, Payne Haas got in trouble a few years ago. Okay, so Both moving on. Kevin, from... um, Kevin Walters in a new position. It's just another pain in the house for him, eh? Yeah, so there is actually video going around of the Broncos players training at a beach. Um, in Bali. Uh, on the weekend, and... The, the spectators were not amused because they were doing a proper training session and essentially the videos it shows them fucking around. Um, there's supposed to be a legitimate fitness thing and it was just fucking around the whole time. So follow what happens in the Broncos going forward. Um, staying with the Broncos, um, Alex Glenn is actually getting a testimonial game, which if no one remembers um, what that is, it's a player, it's an event they hold for players of who only play for one club throughout their career. Um, they get a percentage of the ticket takes and yada, yada, yada. They get paid a bit of money, essentially. Um, I find this funny. Well, not funny, a bit ironic, more, more of a bit of word, considering I, I imagine it was only 18 months ago where Broncos were shopping him around yeah, um, and trying to get rid of him. Um, and then they figured out they literally had no one else to be captain, so they put him forward. Not saying he wasn't a good captain, but I'm saying that three years ago, he wouldn't have been their future choice as a captain. Um, so, yeah, this is a bit ironic, but good on him. He has been a one-club player. He has represented New Zealand multiple times. He's a solid player, but I just find that part a tad ironic. Yeah, so Kevin Walters uh, has said, because Broncos are without a captain at the moment, uh, Alex Young was captain there last year, injury and everything that happened. Uh, all Kevin Walters has said is that there will be a decision made next month um, he will appoint a sole skipper rather than co-captaincy or leadership group. So it will be a one-and-done show. Uh, Glenn's obviously put his hand up for it. And when you look around the rest of the team, there's not a whole bunch of options. They've got future captains there who, yeah. if they had someone like Darren Lockyer, Petra Simmons, Sevier, Shane Webke there to captain and then brought them up in two, three years would have been fantastic. But yeah, like Patrick Carrigan, you can see as a oh, future yeah. captain. Uh, yeah, that's like, exactly right. But I find that a bit funny because Broncos bought John Asiata and he stated that he's not moving anywhere unless he gets that number 13 jersey. Yeah, that's true. So what does that mean for Carrigan? Is he going up front, which takes out house or lodge? Is, yeah, it's just, I'm really curious what Kevin Walters decides here because John Asiata was openly very firm about that decision. Um, uh, I okay. don't really think Asiata's got a leg to stand on concerning one-year deal. 
I think he's well, probably the added coach. I, I just know that he has stated that before because he knew he'd never get that number 13 jersey at Cowboys. Look, yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they stuck him at six. And yeah. it wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, okay, so for Israel Folau is up in the news again. He's tipped to move back to French is Rugby he? Union. Well, he has been spoken about. An insider at the Catalans has said that he wouldn't be surprised if he moved on. Steve McNamara, the Catalans coach, has obviously denied it's happening. But in his words, they're working through some family issues. So, obviously, COVID affects all this, what's happening over in France. But it'd be interesting to keep an eye on that moving forward, considering how he actually left Union. Um, okay, so Storm have added a, another referee to their coaching ranks. Bernard Sutton joins the Storm as a referee consultant because Melbourne were considered one of the highest penalty giving away penalties for the last year. They brought someone in. They do have a history of this. Um, Matt, I think it was Matt Checkin a few years ago um, did it for him. If anyone doesn't remember Matt Checkin, just Google Andrew Johns and Matt Checkin or mm. Andrew Johns and yelling at a, ref- at a touch judge actually back then. Yeah. So they brought him on. He, If no one remembers, he was actually on the uh, refer- senior referees. He had a very big hand in making the rules for the last couple of years. So they've got someone well experienced who is in on who, sorry, was on the ground floor of referees decision-making over the period. He will not be on the field with them at training. He'll actually be only be on Skype with Bellamy and the team. But um, this is a trend that's been happening more and more in rugby league recently. Well, that's the thing. Um, you can already see the headlines the first five to ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Melbourne getting uh, advantage in calls due to referee in their ranks, rada, yeah. rada, rada. Yeah. The other side of it should be the other 15 clubs going, why the hell didn't we think of this? Well, other clubs do, but in saying that too, they don't do it as a full-time assistant coach. Like, check and I mean, Sutton will be. They just bring in consultants. Like for four week periods, Melbourne are like, we need to change something and we're going to have it for a long period of time. So we're going to have like any little thing that we can improve in our game that gives us even a millimeter of an edge. Why not? There's no difference right. to bringing in an ex player, an immortal, a sports yeah. psychologist, whatever. Yeah. Good and I've got the money to pay him. Why not? Um, this one actually is a is has surprised me a fair amount. Um, Matt Dufty and Cam McInnes have no offer or even a chat about a contract in 2022. So Matt Dufty, uh, sorry, Cam McInnes is literally the heart and soul of um, St George. If he was a Queenslander, he would have played for them three years ago. Um, Matt Dufty is their flair, is their option at fullback. The only reason he's not in there as a solid spot is because he's of his size. Because if he was bloody Greg Inglis size with his heart and attitude and speed, which he already already has, he would be a run on everywhere to go. But Dragons, in my opinion, have actually treated him really bad because of what's yeah, because of what's happened, like they 
every time they buy someone new, it's a fullback and he gets pushed to the wing. And then that fullback doesn't work out. They're like, then the next crawl back to Dufty and give him another go, which I think is a bit on the nose anyway. Um, but yeah, so Cam McInnes, he's their club captain, hasn't been offered a contract past this year. So it'd be interesting to keep following on that. Would you sign him? Cam McInnes, hell yes. Yeah. That's like you bring in Anthony Griffin. Um, well, We've already talked about our, our, our uh, opinions on Anthony Griffin being signed, but they've let uh, Tyson Frizzell go because they couldn't convince him to stay. Um, I'm just trying to think of the senior players the last few years. Uh, Gareth Widdop, obviously, has gone. James Graham, gone. Sims, gone. Um, you're not leaving much leadership behind. Cam McKinnis is a leader and their best player uh, overall. They've got to find 50 more tackles a game. Someone else has to cover those 50 tackles. And Dufty showed enough last year of what he's capable of. Uh, Jason Saab's gone. Um, so there's another outside yeah. back out of the way. And you know what's funny about that as well? They're not signing Cam McInnes, but they also let go of Reese Robson, the yeah. Cowboys, last year as well. So that was the backup hooker, Australian schoolboy. So what the fuck's going on with Dragons? Uh, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> probably been asking himself that for the last 10, 10 years, maybe. When they, when they win the Premiership, 2010? 10. Yeah, 10 years, exactly. Yep. Yep. That'd be interesting asking that. And if they let one of them go, they're kidding themselves with their Would recruitment. You... If they keep Corey Norman over any of them, cut it out right there. Mm. I don't agree with that at all. Like, whew. That's painful. See, I wouldn't take Dufty only because we've got Tom Trebojevic and Dufty would be there as, as a... Even if you put him at 14, like, he just come nah. on the field. Nah, nah. Nah, I, I, he's, he's an out-and-out fullback. Wait, wait, wait. Think, he, he, he would play more games than Tom Trebojevic. He probably though. would. I'm thinking yeah. of that. But I, I'm thinking of clubs that would be able to take him and slot him straight into fullback. Like uh, Cowboys would be an option and put Holmes on the wing. Uh, Broncos would be an option. Um, Look, I'd, I'd give it Newcastle. I would have him at 14 and just come on and cause havoc when he can. Like, I would love that. Get rid of get rid of Kurt, man. <laughs> and then we'll put Dufty in there. Connor Watson at six. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Jaden Braley at nine. Yeah, you can take that. Yeah, I'd take Good that. luck with it. <laughs> okay, so this is actually big news considering what came out the last couple of weeks. Um, and now all the millions of people come out going to come out with theories about this, which they already have. So Bennett has stepped down as origin coach um, for Queensland after he, he came in, won a series, now he's gone. Um, yes. There's been a million, million, million people come out and said this person should be coached. There's been a theory that Queensland should do a conglomerate of free coaches of Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston and Cooper Cronk. Um, there's also been a Billy Slater option with Paul Green as co-coaches. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind those players being assistant coaches, but bring Paul Green in to have that experience of the calmness of a premiership winning coach. Um who would you like your next coach to be? That, that's a big question. 
Mal Meninga. <laughs> the current Australian coach? Yeah, righto. Um, geez, you put me on the spot there. I didn't realise you were going to bring that up. Has that happened in the last week? It feels like it was yeah. two, three yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, no, Bennett, Bennett stepped down. Um, they re- all the current, like all those immortal that Queensland have reckons that Billy Slade is the way to go, which is actually quite surprising because I thought that Cooper Cronk would be the best analyst of the game and best way to figure things out, but they reckon Slade is the best at that. Yeah, I don't want either of them. No, well, would you mind him as assistants? Well, that's the thing. Queensland, well, since Mal Meninga, when Mal Meninga took over, he made it a very, um, he made a very clear decision to bring ex-Origin greats into camp, and they had yeah. specific roles. So Alfie Lang is there as um, a culture sort of lighthearted. The party Yeah, and uh, he's had. Uh, Thurston in camp. He's had Slater in camp to work with individual players in positions. He brings ex-Origin greats in to tell the stories and and talk about what representing Queensland means. I don't see any of those sort of players in the role as a head coach. Um, I think what they're doing is just as valuable in its own way. So I wouldn't want that to be not say messed with or, or, or changed. Uh, I'm looking at oh, the out of job coaches and there's nothing real flash on the list really like Paul Green's there but I don't know I I can't put my finger on why I wouldn't want Paul Green there whether it's the I don't know, I don't know the oomph yeah. maybe yeah like well that's the same I felt the same when Kevin Walters became coach yeah me too actually. there was no oomph no there for me but and he did. I think he lost two series. But, and the question is, could he have done what Queen... Like, if Walters was coach, would Queensland have won? What do you reckon? No. No. Okay. Um, so, the, the Queensland are no... So, this year proved, even if they don't have the as Adam called it, the oomph there, they can still win. So, you know, Queensland didn't have the team that should have beat New South Wales, but they still did. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised the next cut coach came in and just surprised everyone. That's what Queensland are known to do. And it could that is cool to pull someone out of nowhere, really. Bring the yeah. Walker brothers on as coaches for Queensland. See how that goes. Go for how it. exciting that fucking would be. I'd I'd be more keen on seeing them in an NRL gig before I saw them in an Origin <laughs> straight up, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a tough one. I could see the point of Wayne Bennett for the last season. I could also see him. I could also see his reasons why he's not going to be there for this season. Since well, last year at the Rabbitohs, he obviously wants to win a premiership with them before he hands yeah. the reins over. I don't know where he's going to go after that. He might come back just, next season because he won't have an NRL. Well, he doesn't have an NRL gig as it stands. Look, he, he's going to have an NRL gig. Someone's going to throw him something. But that's surprising because throughout the whole thing, he's always said he could do, he could juggle. True. He has said that. For, and then that kind of came out of the blue for me that he's stepping down. It was well, very... You say he's going to get an NRL gig somewhere. I reckon so he will. He's out of contract at the end of this season, Jason Dimitri. Yeah. Um, he's going to take over at South Sydney. So 
the NRL coaches off contract this season are Craig Bellamy. New South Wales. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, no. looking at where Wayne yeah. Bennett's going to go, is he going to go to Melbourne? No. Don't think so. Uh, Wayne no Bennett way. is off contract. Des Hasler's yeah. off contract. But you guys already... will re-sign him. Um, and John Morris at the Sharks. That's it. They're the only co- coaches off contract. Okay, okay. I just want to throw something out. When the coach's contract meant anything, it's the same as the player's contract. I know, but coaches, ones they have to pay out. Yeah, but there's a legitimate betting market in, in, in multiple betting things. Which coach is going to get fired first? Oh, yeah. You can bet, like, it is. And look, this time last year, there was a few coaches where you're like, holy shit, you weren't going to guess that they were going like Paul Green. No way in hell would I thought he was going to go. Um, Stephen Kearney, nah. I'm just um, looking I, at the list of coaches at the moment, though. There's not really a a name on there that's on a hot seat. I, the closest I'd say would be Brad Arthur, and already and Parramatta's already said how much support they've given him. Not yeah, and he, he, he that's ironic because he wasn't a top this year, and no, he's in I'm, the hot seat. Like Trent Barrett at Bulldogs just starting. No one's going to sack Craig Bellamy. Nathan Brown's just starting. No one's going to sack Ivan Cleary at the Panthers. Anthony Griffin's just started. Holbrook's killing at the Titans. Michael Maguire's getting his way at the Tigers. It'd be an odd move to fire him after all the player changes yeah. made. Um, Adam O'Brien at the Knights is doing a good enough job. Todd Payton's just started. No one's going to fire Trent Robertson or Ricky Stewart. Yeah. So that leaves but, with Kevin Walters, who's just starting. It's we a said we, solid look. Please. We could have said that last year, though. And what we lose for... Minus, minus Paul McGregor, okay? And we, I think Bernie. we lost... Uh, yeah, I would have yeah. that. It's, it's. I, I think there's. This is a pretty solid list. I. Unless there's. Oh, already... I think. I think this is a pretty crucial year for Adam O'Brien. Because he's got the. He's got the team. Bennett's there not going to go back to Newcastle. No, 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 no. I'm not saying <laughs> Bennett, but I'm saying that Adam O'Brien. He's got the team there now. This is his second year. Like. Yeah, but even if he shifts, Bennett's not going there. That's the point of the. Oh no, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But you said in the hot seat. There's no way oh. in hell. I'm surprised Bennett's allowed there when South Sydney play there, to be honest. Like, honestly. I don't know. Oh, 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 here we go. What? World Cups this year. Oh, shit. Right? Australia win the World Cup. Meninga goes back to origin coach. And Bennett, Bennett goes takes to over Australia. Australia. <laughs> nah. You, nah, heard reckon... you heard it here first. I think Meninga's, I think Meninga's good sitting on that paycheck doing fuck all. Um, got a better winning record for Queens. <laughs> okay, so moving on, and this is my favorite part of all the news we've got. Um, David Norfaluma has re signed with the Tigers, so I am absolutely stoked with that because, well, well done, stoked Tigers. in a way that he, he he's locked in. But I'm kind of mad he didn't move on. I would have loved to see him go to a big club and just kill it like he has been. Like, he could have gone to a, a lot of clubs like Newcastle and just been an absolute weapon for anyone. Like, Manly would have absolutely made him a god if he came over there because he just would have been exactly what you guys needed. True. So, oh, um, Tiger's done it. That's a big one. Um 
Another one that's not so much gone under the radar, but well, go? it's, a it's there anyway. Um, Jared Mullen. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jared Mullen has signed with the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Um, firstly, what are your thoughts on this? I didn't even know about it till you told me beforehand. We live on the sunny coast. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... I, mean, I don't... Honestly, I don't mm. really understand it considering it's a Melbourne Storm feeder club. And you look at the list of players that have come out of there in the last couple of years that have made their uh, breakthroughs with the Storm. Jared Mullen doesn't really fit that prototype. And, and the Falcons have been quite big on developing local talent or, or well, Melbourne that's, talent. That's that's my kind of why I don't, I don't like really it. it. Um, um, okay. So they, I'm not the biggest fan of this and it's nothing to do because go on a bit of background for new, for, um, forum, uh, for new, for Jared Mullen, sorry. Um, they have been, oh, sorry. He debuted just before Andrew Johns retired for Newcastle, um, was the heir apparent at Newcastle. Uh, I think he played Origin at 19. Um, that stunted him because he wasn't ready for it, 100%. And then he kind of floundered for a few years, had you know moments of absolute brilliance. He's a short, stocky player, very strong for his size at, at a halfback 5'8". Um, he was there when Newcastle were really struggling. And then he got done for drugs. I think it was, only, I think it was recreational, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was pretty pets. hardcore. Yeah. And then he got a five-year ban. Five-year ban ends this year. He started halfway through last year. He wants to come back to the NRL. This is a stepping stone for him. Um, on the back of that, Falcons came into the... So Falcons were originally aligned with the Sea Eagles. They won a premiership in their first year. And they had Tony, Tony Williams. Tony Williams playing. was their 5'8". Yeah, and he Brilliant. scored like five tries in the grand final. He did not. And then they folded because they were aligned with Manly. And then they came back as the Falcons. They focused solely with no feeder club at all of only local talent. They came last every single year. And then Melbourne joined in and they've been a powerhouse. Um, but I don't remember, other than Tino Famasuli, any other Sunshine Coast local products who've come through that system. It might be one of one or two. Other than that, um, when this Queensland Cup team was thing, because I actually was around when it came in, there was a promise of developing local talent. It's going to be a massive pathway to local talent. I don't think it has. I think they brought in a lot of players, which made them really strong. Like last year, they had Harry Grant, and the year before that, they had Jerome Hughes, Brian Pappenhausen, Tino. Had a lot of solid, like Jesse Bromwich has played for them. Um, a lot of players from the Melbourne system, but they are from the Melbourne system. So there's, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent fan of the fact they've signed a 32 year old coming off a suspension when they're supposed to be promising to develop local talent. That's not on Melbourne. That'd be on the Sunshine Coast. That's my point. That's on the Falcons. So, because he's not signed with Melbourne, he's signed with the Falcons. There's two tiered contracts at the Falcons. Well, then the only people that would complain about the local talent not being developed would be the Falcons, not the Storm. Um, no, no, I'm not blaming the Storm for this at all. They're doing what they have to do to produce the talent, move them forward in their thing. 
I'm blaming the Falcons on the fact that there was a lot of money poured into them to get them yeah. up and going. Well, that's this is their decision. Who cares? If oh, they I don't do break. because they're, they're, if sorry, if you're be... if you're a half decent first grader at five eight and you can't outdo Jared Mullen, um, you probably shouldn't get your spot. I, I I was just we were just led to believe that these guys weren't going to be doing this. He won't even get the if if there's a decent enough five eight on the sunny coast playing A grade, Jared Mullen won't get a spot anyway. He was close oh, to over this... the hill when he retired because he could hardly run. Yeah, he's got yeah, his, his passing skill and kicking shot. skill, but there's guys on the sunny coast that are better than him now. That have to be. And if you can't beat him out, then you don't deserve your shot at the next level anyway. Yeah. I, no, I, I, can't I, I look at that as a carrot if I was a player going, they're bringing in this busted old guy who hasn't played in five years. Um, try and take my spot. They've also signed Kurt Baptiste. And? Yeah, so that's just... Uh, it's just... I, I, all I'm saying is that Falcons, when they started out, a lot of money was poured into them with the promise that their number one priority would be local talent. That's not happening. And it's a, that, that's all I'm saying. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there any other signings that you know? That's the only two I picked up on. Yeah, there's been a few. Uh, Matt Dury's extended his time at Belmore. Uh, ben okay. Teo has extended his contract with the Broncos for the 2021 season. Uh, there you go, Broncos fans. Uh, Ethan Bullimore has signed a deal with the Broncos that will keep him there until the end of the 2022 season. So this is like meant to be one of the fastest forwards in the NRL. I thought um, they would lock him up for longer. Actually. Yeah, well, it depends how much. Because this time next year, we'll get so... to that. Yeah. And yeah, so Norfolk being the big, big name there. Uh, and then Matt Dury and Ethan Buller being two young forwards kicking on with their current clubs. We'll be right back after a quick message from Manscaped. We use the word balls a lot on our show. When's the last time you took care of yours? Support for Six Again is brought to you by Manscaped, the world's best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Don't know about you guys, but... Shaving your balls isn't something that's on my to-do list on a weekly basis. Main reason? It's risky. Cuts and nicks are not something that you want going on in an area that's as sensitive as, let's say, your balls. Luckily, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 to be exact. Now, Jared and I received ours in the mail last week as a gift from Manscaped. We got the perfect package and it is premium. And I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. It's waterproof so you can groom in the shower. There's even an LED light on the trimmer to help in those, let's call them shadowy areas. So if during quarantine or lockdown, your bush has gotten out of control and you're ready to trim that junk of yours, head to manscaped.com and use the code AGAIN, A-G-A-I-N, to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Trust me, your balls will thank you. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code again at manscaped.com. So where are we going to now, Jared? We're going to NRLPA. Okay. All right, so this is the, yeah, this is the biggest one and Adam's going to take it ahead because he understands this kind of stuff better than I do. So yeah, take it away about the um, 6% pay cut. Is that oh, yeah. all right? Yes, so 
NRL's in a different position to a lot of sports around the world in that it was the first professional sporting league to get back up and running um, after the COVID uh, pandemic started taking a hit on sports all around the world. NRL is the first to implement the bubble, all that sort of stuff. Now, over the past six months, the head of the NRL Players Association, Clint Newton, has been in conversations with the NRL with regards to how they're going to secure financial security for not only the game, but for the players. So what they've come to agreement uh, on Tuesday, will NRL players will sacrifice 6% um, of their pay over the 2021 and 2022 season. So when you add, we'll just, let's just use the representative figures, that adds up to over $3 million just in state of origin payments, uh, which is a huge amount. So to put some numbers behind it, uh, the salary cap for 2021 was meant to be 9.6 million. It's down to 9.02. That's quite a big drop. And for 2022, it's down to 9.11 million, 9.7. So if you're looking at that, that's a, it's, a, it's pretty much a above Elite level player. Yeah, an yeah. above level player, 500, 600 grand player. Each club would be missing out on. So. And they're the exact players this is going to hit. This is going to save just under $19 million over the next two seasons in player wages uh, or 600 grand a year on salaries per season. So it's going to hit the elite players and the above average players. The point of hitting the 6% is it allows every NRL club's top 30 contracted players to keep their contracts and, um, as well as three development players. Now, where the money's being cut from is from your top level earners. So your players on the big money, 700, 600, 1 million, those sort of contracts. The bottom four earners, so those that are on 77,500, they'll keep their contract at the same amount as will your development players on 60,000. So the lower level players on the smallest amounts aren't losing any money from contracts, which I think is a huge. That's 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 a, that's doing it the right way. That's doing it the right way, and that, and that has to get a vote by the players' association. So, uh, players on the players' association, Wade Graham's on there, Daily Cherry Evans is on there, and they're both on good money, and so it's those players voting for that. Um, Anyone who didn't agree with Wade Graham, we'd probably knock him out on the field. True. It's one big hit. And that's a big saving. So $90 million over two seasons. Uh, other places where the money is coming from is the retirement fund of players. And also the, I'm missing one here off the top of my head. I'm looking for it. I'll come back to it. Oh, yeah, early retirement fund and injury hardship funds. So those players who have had to retire due to injury. Uh, there's a cut there. So hopefully there's not too many players doing that over the next couple of seasons. Um, with regards to representative payments, state of origin payments for this season, or the season just gone, we're down to $10,000 per game. They're usually $30,000 per game. So over the next two, they're being cut by 50%. So they're down to 15,000. And Australian match payments are down 20,000 to 10. So 50% cuts all around there. So when, when you add it all up, $19 million between the uh, 16 clubs over two years is, yeah, you're looking at your $1.2 million basically per club per year that they're missing out on with regards to players' wages. 
the upside is it secures at least the next two years worth of salary for the top 30 players. And there's not a lot of leagues around the world who are able to be able to say that at the moment. Uh, I use the ice hockey as an example all the time. Um, and, and they're one that's still their feeder club players are having to quit their careers of trying to be pro hockey players because they can't afford to travel for a feeder club anymore because they're not getting paid. Uh, we're in a pretty good position here. You got to congratulate the NRL and the NRLPA for coming to this deal. Um, and, and it kind of means it's not something that we have to worry about for the next two years with regards to crowd numbers being down as they will be most likely to start again, especially around Sydney it keeps going as it is. I don't really know if there's anything else on there um, apart from hopefully once this is all over, the players will make their money back and maybe an increased CBA um, the next time they have to sit down. Yeah. Um, I really hope all the players got involved in this and all agreed to it. I hope there wasn't any blowback from anyone. Because as Adam said... If there was, it won't come out. Yeah, but... As Adam said, you know, this is all about the guys who are earning minimum, well, not minimum wage, but 78 grand, the minimum NRL wage. Um, this is all about them to survive, really, and to keep their careers going. If the top players block this just to keep their wages on point, that means they turn around to the young fellow who's just starting out and go on, see you later, essentially. Um but that's also oh, I, the other the other edge of that sword is I should have prefaced it right at the start that this is they had to revise the CBA that's already in place. The CBA being the collective bargaining agreement, which is the agreement struck between the NRL and the NRLPA, uh, with regards to playing conditions, wages, what are players allocated resources, training time off, all that sort of stuff, to go in and revise a CBA during it has to be signed off by both sides. The NRL can't just go, oh, by the way, we want to so change this. The NRLPA... Which is the right like, way to do it. Yeah, the NRLPA could be like, all right, if you want to change that, even though it's already under agreement, we'll let you do that, but we want this, this, and this the next time we have an agreement. Yeah. And you can start wagering back and forth. And a lot of the American sports get in trouble doing that because a lot of the players association and the leagues don't get along. Whereas the NRL and the NRLPA over the last few years, I really think since Clinton Newton's taken over, have been really good with regards to how they've worked with each other. Yeah. Um, CBAs in some of the state sports will be like, look, we're doing pretty bad this year, but if you sign off on this amount this year, over the next five years, it will build back up and you'll get even more then. If you're a veteran player with a season to go, they're like, hell no. Yeah. They don't care about the young guys coming in. They're like, no, I want my money now. Whereas um, this is a really, it took six months worth of uh, meetings and et cetera, as you'd expect it would, but it's a really good outcome all around. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, I hope, Hope it works out. I hope in a couple of years NRL are financially better. Um, and I think, again, this feels like it has Volandi's fingerprints all over it again. Because yeah, he was there hasn't part of it. 
Yeah, well, there hasn't been any, like, debate in the media about it. It's just got done, mm-hmm. which I really like because you look over the last 10, 15 years in the NRL, when something like this does come up, it's just blown out of proportion by everyone having their opinion in the media. And then the media running and coming their own theories, 4,000 articles about it every three days, and then it keeps going and going and going. So I really like how this has been done. Um, and let's hope it can um, keep going in the future. And what's promised by the NRL is followed for in two years so it doesn't blow up by the players' union. That's it. That's yeah. pretty much the end of our news that we had planned. Jared's got a little activity for us to do. Um, I'm just going to jump in real quick. We talked about the All-Star game last week in the preseason trials. If you jump on the NRL website, they've updated uh, that information and they've included starting times for each of the games uh, not sorry most of the games as, and also the locations so if you're interested in going along to watch if tickets become available to some of the games that's up on the nrl website now that's for the preseason trials and the all-stars game and also super league are showing off their jerseys uh for the season when it kicks back off and Greg Inglis looks bloody damn good in Warrington colors. I got to say did see an awesome article out of the UK where they were looking at 10 NRL players who will be making their super league debuts and having a look at who will make the biggest impact. I didn't have to see anything past Greg Inglis. I'm like him. (laughs) That's a pretty cool article. Hopefully he's all good by now. He's gone over his injuries and stuff like that. I shared it on the six again Twitter account. So if you want to have a read of that, jump on there. All right. What do you got for us, Jared? Okay. So I had another idea planned, but as discussed earlier, we had a bit of issue last night and I couldn't organize it quick enough. So I have, have got this idea and I'm hoping it works out because it could be fun. So obviously the NRL, oh, sport in general, have very colourful characters. Uh-oh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out direct quotes from players and media and, you know, people involved in the game and ask Adam to come up who was it and why they say it and see if he can remember. There's some very familiar ones in there that he'll come up straight away. And then we can kind of go back on the history of what that quote was about and follow up on that because... Obviously, me and Adam are very up to date with what's going on currently. But obviously, over the last however long, there's been a lot of stuff said. And we haven't actually been able to touch on it because it is what it is. It's happened before. So, kind of gone back and found some famous quotes or famous, you know, not, not quotes, but statements made that people have been pushed too far to say or people have been said as a joke, but it turned into a massive problem. And we can look back on it now and kind of go, that was a little bit funny. Uh, you got on mute again. <laughs> Can't hear you. Okay, so the first one is, and it sounds like a very, a quote that everyone said before, but the person who said it is going to bring a chuckle to you, okay? I'm really nervous. So <laughs> I'm a great believer in what happens on the field should stay there. So this was a famous player. I'll give Adam a bit of a run there. Famous player, played on the wing for Manly, most suspensions in history. Oh, no way. 
Did he say yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Who was it? Been after his... Um... Yeah. So it was John Hopawade quoted... He literally said, I'm a great believer in what happens on the field should stay there. So this is the guy who is famous for... He actually got famous in international countries. He um, had his other finger countries on the, in the world Because he was... Yeah, he does a... There's a million jokes about it. He actually was on the Matty Yon show and he, Tui's new, Tui knew actually wanted him to have a um, ad where he's, where he's pouring drinks and he passes it to the guy who put his fingers in it and just stuff like that. So he's quite, and it's just funny because he was the most suspended player and what happens on the field stays on the field. <laughs> wow. Okay, next one. And this one was really controversial when it came out. Um, And by no way we condone what happened here, okay? St. George won 11 premierships with one raper. Imagine how Canterbury would go with 13. Oh, man. (laughs) This is obviously after after the Bulldogs incident in Coffs Harbour. Um, Do you remember who said it? Is it going to be... It's got to be a journalist. Nah. Oh, okay. Uh, nah. Oh. No, nah, no. Nah, he, he would have still been... TV Legend show, of the TV game. show? Nah. Legend of the game. One of the best ever. Um, played for Australia. Queensland. Is famous for an no, intercept. No, no, no. Oh, no way. Yeah. You got to say that loud. Famous for an inset, not Matty Bowen. No. No. I was like, no, it wouldn't have been him. An in, intercept in 2006. Oh, 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 oh 2006. Yeah. Brett Hodgson. Oh, threw bouncing through the ball. on the on the ball, like the bouncing ball intercept. Yeah. Aaron Lockyer. Yep. He said that. Yep, he said that. Oh. He quoted that. It was at a comedy, it was at a it's like a function night. I remember the actual video of it. And because of the Coffs Harbour thing, this kind of blew up so far. You actually had to formally apologise for it. Wow. Yeah. So, like I said, there's, there's a few controversial ones in there, but it's it's pretty good. Okay, next one. This one's pretty I'm obvious. Gonna, I'm going to say I'm one for two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've had a gutful. I've been sitting here for four weeks and feeling like a punching bag. It's not acceptable and it's not fair. He's been ringing up South bringing up the South boys and then tell his press conference he hasn't spoken to anyone. This is absolute bullshit. I'm sick of Wayne carrying on. This is a recent one. Yeah, yeah. Is that Sam Burgess's missus? Nah. It is a very recent one. It's still kind of fiery. Uh, But the guy who said it is not in a position anymore to say anything really. He's actually signed on with the Newcastle Knights. Oh, from South? No, it was Anthony Seabold talking about Wayne Bennett poaching South Sydney players coming over. So he actually came out and said that he got to a point where he actually, and I quote, this is absolute bullshit. I'm sick of Wayne carrying on like this. And this was at the start of the season, he said that. This is the start of Bronco season? Yeah. Ah, the start, no, no, start of when they were just, I think it's two years ago, the, when they, just yeah, before they yeah, swapped. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So it's, it's quite amazing how, how much we forget this kind of stuff because it is highly controversial. You very, very rarely hear a coach lose control like that in the media before a season even starts. Yeah, I was going to say, so, I said Sam Burgess's misses. I'm like, doesn't shine Wayne Bennett <laughs> in the best light when it could have been like a whole run, bunch of people. Okay, so this is one of my favourite moments the last couple of years. The best um, retirement speech I've ever had seen. To be honest, this is probably a true reflection on how I've been feeling over the past couple of seasons. I feel old, sore, tired, and definitely balding as well. If you don't remember my incredible rugby league resume, how are you going to forget the footy player that announced his retirement dressed up as himself as an old man? How long ago was this? At least around 2018. It's an old man. Yeah. Balding. Can you give me a club? You need Broncos. One of the biggest characters in the NRL. Oh, Sam Friday. Yeah, Sam Friday. So, if everyone doesn't remember, yeah, a couple he, of years he got ago, his Sam face Fide. all done up with the makeup. Yeah, the, he wore makeup and makeup. he wore a wore a mask on his own. He's on a mask over his head, like a head covering, and he went to an old person's home and retired. Yeah, um, announced his retirement. Right. It was one of the best retirements in history because he actually made an event of it and made a joke of it. It wasn't like a big. Fox Sports thing, he just kind of sat around. The old people were actually having lunch behind him when he did it. I don't yeah. think they even knew what was going on. It was great. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. So, this is one of a coach who had a very successful year, but it didn't work out for him. A draw, a draw is like watching your mother in law drive <laughs> off a cliff in your new car. It's mixed feelings. And this is like what he said. Ricky Stewart would say. No, someone just as mad, actually. Um, this happened in 2001 oh, after wow. a pretty, pretty massive draw at the end of the season. Um, and then his won. team went on a really strong run, but ultimately lost when it mattered. Like grand final. 2001. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, was that the Parramatta Knights? Grand yep. final? Yeah. Uh, Brian Elliott? Brian Smith. Brian Smith, enough. that's what I meant. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. So, yeah, he he, he, he it was just a good little that's thing to brilliant. say about the... <laughs> okay. And this one's Adam's going to get straight away. But this is one of my favourite quotes in NRL history. I'm going to give myself a half for that one. I'm two and a half out of five. The reality is when Wayne come to town, if he fought with his big head rather than his little <laughs> head, Brown. I wouldn't have had to rebuild the joint. <laughs> That's a Nathan Brown comment right there. Yeah. So, background on that, um, Newcastle signed... I actually, Tinkler, Nathan Tinkler bought Newcastle. He signed all this, all these people, including Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett ran off the secretary of NRL, divorced his wife, married her. And Nathan Brown came in and it took him four years to recover from it. And yep. Wayne Bennett took, I can't remember what Wayne Bennett took a shot at Nathan Brown about, but Nathan Brown came back with that and it's turned, it turned into that. He said that in a press conference. And I think it was this like 
no one even no one even disagreed with everyone just lauded him for that comment it was just fantastic oh, it was brilliant um nathan was brown brilliant. was david brown lost about 12 games in a row and at the end of his tether yep. and he was sick of everyone's shit okay all right so this is this is i don't know i don't know adam will get this one it's a very old quote but it kind of reflects what's going on today um the use of video evidence is not always conclusive, but sure beats the memory of most memory bank of most idiotic witnesses. So, kind of, did you hear that properly? Yeah. Um, I don't think Adam will get this one. Sounds like, uh, is this a media type? Nah. Coach. Yeah. And one of the, one, he, he's compared. He's up in the same league as Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, and Trent Robinson. People say he's better, but genuinely, the older generation say he's better. Warren Ryan, one of the biggest, no, nah, one of the best coaches in NRL history. Gibson, yep, no, no, he was was yep. he even around with video evidence. Like that's the point. That's the point. He said that in the eighties. Oh wow! And yeah, it's a cool quote. And he's got two more here that I'm gonna read out. I thought you were going to say, play the, strong, done good. Uh, there's nothing in the contract that says a football coach has to be sane or a good loser. That's another thing mm. he said. And his number one famous was, there's always free cheese in a mousetrap. So that's what he, that's how he talked about That's how he said what coaching was like. Yeah. Like, it seems pretty good, but it's a mousetrap. Another one, that he's talking about Eddinghausen. That guy is so quick, he could switch off the light and get into bed before the room is dark. Yeah, that was a Muhammad Ali quote. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And one more for him, and this is what started the whole porch light. Waiting for Cronulla to win a premiership is like leaving the porch lamp on for Harold Holt. Harold Holt. Yeah. <laughs> one of my other favourite quotes is, we had a strong team on paper. Fortunately, the game was played on grass. Okay. So this is the one, this is the final one, and it's no. not rugby league, but it's three my favorite. On, on three out of six. It's my favorite one so far. Okay. So this was a particular famous sportsman. It's reported that this player was once having a drink in an Australian hotel. At a nearby table, a group of young ladies were celebrating some occasion. Eventually, one of the girls came over and asked him, you're that player, aren't you? Yes, ma'am, he replied. We've noticed how tall you are and what big hands, big feet, long arms and legs you've got. What we're dying to know is, is everything else in proportion? Baby, if it was in proportion, I'd be 10 foot 2. I'd be 8 foot 10. Damn it. Joel Garner. (laughs) Joel Garner. So, yeah, obviously one of the most famous West Indian cricket players. And he was about 7 foot 8. He was fierce. He had a big, deep Jamaican accent. And I think he had a good night that night. Oh yeah, it was. Um, it's funny that you brought up quotes. That was that was really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a point for that one. So it gives me uh, I was at three out of six, so four out of seven. I'll take so that. I've That's got, over a pass mark. So I've got a few other games lined up, but because I had to do this quickly, I thought I'd come up with that one, and it just kind of represents one the history of rugby league that everyone seems to forget a lot. Yeah. Um, all the controversies that come up that if you know. The Wayne Bennett, Nathan Brown thing or, you know, back in 2001 about Brian Smith quoting that. Um, we would have so. sat here talking about an hour. It's about better, certain... better than Lego. 
better than Lego. Um, but we would have sat there talking about the hour, the controversies on these, but it seems yeah. like rugby league only remember what's going on now. They don't right remember now. all the all the great stuff that's happened over the years. Because um, everyone's been in yeah. the head too much. Yeah. But it's, it's the, fun um, to... I'm not going to... Con- I'm not going to condone this, but it got a reaction out of me because I was actually watching this press conference live. It was after that NHL game this week. Two teams I don't enjoy that much. It was the only one on at the time. And um, the two players were sitting there in the press conference and both of them had really good games. One of the guys had scored a hat trick. The other guy had set two of those goals up. So he'd had a good game and the team had won. And the guy who had given the assist got asked the first question um, by a reporter. And the question was, how does it feel playing in the stadium without any fans? And I was like, oh, that's a legit question. And the reply was, uh, he was rubbing his face going, doesn't matter what I say, Mike, you're going to write fucking shit every time. (laughs) He then went on to say that the 56 game season did feel different. Before going, I wasn't even going to answer your question anyway. You're such a weasel. It's not even funny. Next question. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, what? And then I went back and they've had like a an ongoing spat. But it's just got like, doesn't matter what I do, say, Mike. You're going to write fucking shit every time. Do you know what I love about that kind of stuff? Is Especially um, more leaning towards the what I went through with the um, Nathan Brown one, the... Anthony Seabold one as well, that these days the players are so roboticized in how they speak to the media and how much they can say and how much they yeah. can't say and this kind of stuff. When stuff like that happens, one, it's great for us fans, but two, the media blows up about it. So- yeah, it, it's funny because this Mike guy, the journalist hasn't got the best rep, but the other side of it is this is all done via Zoom calls still in the <laughs> state. So it's different to... The question is, would he have said that if the reporter was sitting there right in front of him in the front row? That is Probably. something I want to see. That would be awesome. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Oh, I've got um, uh, we got a, a little bit of a sad note we just saw during the show that Malachi Wateni Zelezniak, uh, Penrith player, brother of Dallin Wateni Zelezniak, has uh, retired tonight uh, due to complications, we'll say, due to kidney issues uh, that he's been getting checked out over the off season. So good luck in your retirement, Malachi. Not the way that any player would want to go out. Um, but that's just popped up then. And you notice that I'm wearing a Manscaped shirt that we got in our pack. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, head over to manscaped.com. Um, apart from that, just a big thank you to all our new listeners. Um, Rains continue to go up and all that sort of stuff. We're just a couple of dudes from the sunny coast talking about footy, which is brilliant. And we will be back next Wednesday. Um, our last last show before we start getting into our predicted round one list with some special guests that we've got lined up for you guys. So stay tuned for that. Um, we've got two X players locked in. Hopefully for waiting on a couple more as well. Anything else from you, Jared? Otherwise, we will shut it down. No, mate. I'm good. Thanks for putting the show together, buddy. Good job. Bye. No worries. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. 
Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.